Hi, and welcome to the Tough Fish Show. I'm your host, Jen Melius, and I'm so glad that you're here, and I can't wait to introduce to you Stephanie Babwa. Stephanie Babwa is the Jesus-centered YA fantasy author and entrepreneur, creator of fantasy world Eladel, and co-host of the indie author lifestyle show who enjoys building a legacy through the lens of story. Babwa began her journey to publishing in 2013, and in 2016, her fantasy world Eladel was born. In 2017, she published her first two books, and since then, she's gone on to write and publish fantasy novels centered about Black angels in a supernatural world that are captivating readers all around the world. As the CEO and founder of Babs Collective, Babwa has focused her zone of genius on teaching unconventional principles to writers who like to meticulously plot, research, and organize their way through crafting their stories while also having an incredible amount of fun. Stephanie Babwa has authored YA fantasy series, The Seraphim Resistance Prequels, and is an avid reader of fantasy and fiction. Jesus is her Lord, Disney Plus is her safe space, and she dreams of being a monkey mama, and she's always penning a new story in Eladel. You can usually catch her going for a walk through the park or simply binging Disney Plus with too many snacks. Get in touch with Stephanie directly at stephaniebabwa.com. Let's dive into the pond and meet Stephanie. Welcome to the Tough Fish Show. I am so excited to introduce to you Stephanie Babwa. I'm so happy you're here, Stephanie. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I'm really excited for this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be so much fun. So would you please start by sharing, how did you get into writing? No, I love this question because I think like so many who are going to be listening to this, we all have the same journey. So I started reading first. I now, hilariously enough, when I was like very, very small, around like two, three, four. So my mom would buy me <laughs> dating myself. So my, my mom would buy me like the super big, like picture books that you would flip open. Um, some of them that I can remember were like Goldilocks <laughs> and like the three bears. And like you could um, like flip in like the bears would pop up and um, three little pigs with the wolves, like all of these different books. And then for like between around like four to like maybe eight ish, I just like didn't read for some reason. And so um, and I am so like quick little trail. I'm Canadian, but we moved to the United States. We moved to Florida when I was around like two. But then when I was five, I went to go live in Haiti with my grandmother for a few oh, cool. years. Yeah. And so I was in Haiti and, you know, like just living the life there. But then when I came back to the States, I like lost my love of reading and my mom was like no we're not doing that and so <laughs> she was like you're going to read and so she would keep like buying me like books from different genres and finally I started reading fiction books um specifically by Roald Dahl so like Matilda the switches like all these different books yeah fell in love with them then I started reading like Judy Bloom books and then it was like it was just like non-stop right like but and I know for some of you you're like oh my gosh back in the day yeah like those were the good I mean there's good stories now <laughs> I won't like trash on Gen Z but you know we really had some great books going up and so I loved fiction and then really what got me into like 
the world right before I started writing was Lemony Snicket. Mom bought me a series of unfortunate events and that was it. It was a wrap. Like I, I started reading those books and I was consumed by the like fictional worlds. And I love to just like either draw out sketches or like just like pen things. I never kept them. Um, <laughs> I should have because now I wish like I could go back and be like, look at what I did when I was like eight. But um, I used to read, I used to just like put these words down, right? And so I think it was in middle school, like I actually started re, uh, writing, um, not necessarily anything seriously, but I had, um, I started picking up like other books. I started picking up fantasy books in middle school. And then in high school, I really dove into what what became my favorite series, which was the Mortal Instruments series by Cassandra Clare, which yeah. of course Shadowhunters has like taken over the world. And I'm like, well, you guys didn't read it when I was reading it, you know? Like <laughs> the kids who think they know what a Shadowhunter is now. I'm like, no, okay. Um and that's really when I, I started writing and I realized like my heart for wanting to put my own stories into the world really drew from back then because I would pen things here and there. Um and it was in 2013 that I actually was like, well, I want to write a book for publishing. Now, granted, it wasn't like me wanting to do that first. Um, so for those who don't know, I am Christian and I had reached a really low point. Um, praying was hard and like going to church was a drag and all of this stuff. And so I started writing out my prayers and some of them that I wrote out, my mom was like, oh my goodness, these could be poems. And I was like, what? no like <laughs> no <laughs> these are prayers um, and she was like no like seriously like these could be poems and somehow poems also manifested into me wanting to tell a story about this girl who's going through like loss and you know just figuring out her way in life and she gets taken on this supernatural adventure and that became the starting point for my first book and so that was 2013 when I like really actually started writing and I wanted to put a story, like a full book, a completed book out into the world. But my love of storytelling was since I was a child, I mean, I can think of all the different stories that shaped me. You know, I, I was the kid in school. <laughs> my textbook would be on the table and then my novel would be inside of the textbook. And so as the teacher would walk up and down the aisles, some of you kids don't know about that now because hey, everybody's doing, you know, virtual school, but like some of like the teacher would walk up and down the aisle and be like, Stephanie, give me your novel. It wasn't like, oh, give me your, give me your phone or like stop writing notes in class. It was give me the novel. And I'm like, no, I'm the and that would be like at a really good part too. Like the characters were going through it and things were blowing up give me the novel and I'd be like okay <laughs> like, you know, so. at least mark my spot <laughs> yeah, can, like let me just stick a bookmark in there please <laughs> but um yeah so that's when writing really started for me it was in 2013 like I mean the love of it was from like back when I was a child but I actually started to write for publishing in 2013 oh I love that I, I I'm the kid who would uh, take a take a paper over a standardized test any day of the week. I'm like, let me write something out. I will, I will gladly turn in a paper over a standardized test if you give me a choice. So yeah. if you're talking about that, that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. I definitely was that child that like, could, you know, um, the tests where you had to like write out a story or like write out the scenario. I would knock those out in like mm -hmm. seconds. Or like if we had a paper due, 
I was the child who never did her paper until like the day before or like, or like the morning up. Cause I knew I could just sit down and pound the words and I'd be like, okay, cool. And I would still get like an A or B on it and I'd be fine. So. Me too. <laughs> Me too. So, oh, kindred spirit. <laughs> so, so talk about the, so a lot, the theme that I'm hearing though, with Roll Doll and the Lemony Snicket, and obviously uh, the Mortal Instruments, they're fantasy worlds. It's not just mm-hmm. fiction, but it's fantasy. There's world building happening. And I know that that's your subject matter expert with that. But with one of the worlds that you, the world that you created is Eladel. Yes. So would you please talk a little bit about that world? Yes. So Eladel is my second home outside of Maryland. <laughs> um. I absolutely love it, especially because, so Eladel was born about 2016. I will say that like the idea for it was like in the ether somewhere, you know, just buzzing around in the ether around like 2015. But 2016 was when I really sat down and I started just like putting ideas out there. And so Eladel is my fantasy universe. Um, I aching it to Narnia meeting Wakanda about (laughs) black angels, magic, and mayhem. All of my characters are angels of different ranks. They have all different kinds of powers. And it's literally a mashup of Narnia and Wakanda. Like, I love that. It's a smooth mashup. And Eladel was born, so Christian kid here, right? So I was raised on like um, about angels and demons and supernatural life, right? You know, like we're going to live, but then like this is the first life, you know, there's heaven, there's hell, you know, depending on how you live, you'll end up in one or the other, like that kind of thing. And so I was always intrigued by supernatural worlds. And I knew, okay, like I've read vampire stories and werewolves and all that, but I was like, I don't know, I don't, I don't want to do that. And, and everybody was like writing about the fae and like, you know, all these different kinds of creatures. And I was like, well, I like angels. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was like, I like angels and we don't talk about angels enough. So I'm going to. And, and um, so ironically enough, Okay. So Eladel was born because I thought to myself, you know, in the Bible, there, there is the story about how this all started, right? You know, Lucifer is this beautiful angel. He is an archangel. He's the highest rank. He's made up of all these pipes in his body. He's gorgeous. He has music all throughout him. And he, one day, day, at a certain moment, he gets to a place where he's full of pride. And he's like, well, why is God getting all the glory? Let me get some, right? And God is like, ha, that's cute. Flicks him out of heaven. And so, you know, flicks him out, drops him in the earth or whatever this like, you know, ball of dirt was before all of us showed up here. And so I thought to myself, huh, I wonder, cause you know, that's my brain. I was, I was always that kid. I wonder, <laughs> that's when like the imagination spiraled. And so I was like, I wonder what happened between the time of the war in heaven, but before, you know, Lucifer gets kicked out, there's a war in heaven, but before he gets to earth, like what could have happened in that little gap before this angel lands on earth and starts tormenting humans, but he's kicked out of heaven. And that's where the idea started. Like he was, he was my first character and I wanted to tell the backstory of this character 
and tell all of like the different events leading up to you know him doing whatever it took to become who he was gets kicked out triggers war between all of the angels and all this stuff and so when you're reading the first two books that are out right now, Seraphim Falling and Angel in the Shadow Court, um, in Seraphim Falling, you're introduced to this character called Azadizraya, but they call him the Raven. This character is my Lucifer of sorts. And this is, now we're seeing him after those initial wars, but there will come <laughs> a series in the future that will actually detail like all of these different events of how he was before he switched. And so that's how Eladel became born. And I was like, I just want to tell stories about different kinds of angels. And for me, it was really important for me to tell a tale and to bring us into such a supernatural dimension that like readers, it kind of takes them a bit to get going. You know, my goal was, I don't want you to think that this, anything about this is humans. There are no humans involved. It's very different. And so um, I enjoy it because I can take readers into a place where it's nothing but angels. And so like readers go into it and they're like, oh, angels. Okay. Like we've heard stories about angels and they're like, oh, wait, no, it's angels versus angels. What? (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Right. And all the different like magics and I just, I lose, like, I just, I allowed the child within me, right? C.S. Lewis, who um, encourages us to maintain that inner child. So I allowed that child in me to be as wildly creative as possible and of course I draw I draw a lot of inspiration from different universes and like that was my goal was to create a universe so that I could tell endless stories within that universe and like different worlds within it and so that idea came from Marvel um I absolutely love what the Marvel Cinematic Universe does I mean you have all of these characters and you're like where and got like how where did you come from? What? (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Like you have Thor and then you have like, and you have like, you have Thor, you have Loki, you have, then you have like the humans, right? With the superpowers. (laughs) And then so you have like Iron Man and you have, you know, uh, Black Widow, but then you have the the Scarlet Witch. It's like, wait, what? You're a witch, but you're living in earth. How did that happen? (laughs) You know, and you have all of these different, these different characters that come from different places, but they can come together and unite on one cause. And so like this, that was like, this is me like slowly getting to this place where you have this massive world um and different stories in it that are relevant to us today but they're centered around angels and so yeah that is like the start and like the slow expansion of I love that so when you would you offer a few tips to help somebody if they are just getting started in Mm -hmm. building a world is there like one particular piece of uh, guidance that you would say this is where you would want to start, you know, or here's something to think about. Here's the tip to think about as you are building or what to consider. Would you mind offering something? No, for sure. So it's funny because for years I thought that I approached world building from like in like a worldly overview aspect, like, you know, how they say, start with a map and start with the timeline and know like where your deserts are and your rivers and your mountains. And, you know, where is it cold? Where is it hot? Where is it tropical? You know, like I thought that I approached world building like that, but I realized, no, like world building really does start with character, right? Christian over here, earth began 
for a man now now granted earth was created first right splitting the seas throw some sun <laughs> into the air you know let's go ahead and split it now we have land now we have oceans right now we have birds now we have plants now we have fish but like all of that was for adam right like all of that was created for man and so you know when you're starting with your world think of a character ironically enough mine was lucifer right <laughs> like, probably not the greatest start but (laughs) mine was lucifer and it built out from there and what i will say is beyond just starting with the character and like and really seeing a character not just like some vague image of okay okay i think they would get mad i think they're you know they want to do this or they want to do that you know and when you're attempting the whole character perspective right it's okay what do they want what do they need and answer why for both right so what do they want why do they want that what do they need? Why do they need that? And then you build out from there. But once you once you have that character and you know, okay, this is what they're trying to get. This is what they need to get. These are the things that they will deal with. And you can build out from there. I like to approach world building from two perspectives. Um, so there's micro world building, as I call it, and macro world building. Macro is really dealing with just external factors. So that is the education system, right? Or the lack thereof, depending on what kind of world you're creating. Um, that is the government. Every world has a government. I don't care how, how much you think, oh, well, it's anarchy. Trust me, someone's in charge. <laughs> the buck stops at someone. So, you know, the government structure, the spiritual the spiritual powers, are there gods, are there goddesses? Do people not believe in anything? You know, like what does spirituality look like? There is always going to be someone worshiping something. What is that thing? Um, building out cultures, like that's really important, you know? And I think sometimes we can forget <laughs> that worlds are made up of different people groups, <laughs> different tribes, <laughs> you know, people right. who are yeah. at war with each other simply because they're different. Um, You know, I wear my feathers this way, you wear your feathers that way, I don't like it. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like there's, there's always differences, right? Cultures, what are they eating? What are they wearing? You know, how do they talk to their elders? You know, how do they they raise their young, all of these different things. But then, and that's like the macro part of it, right? Like it's all the external stuff. What are the buildings looking like? You know, academies or institutes? What are their jobs? You know, how does life move forward, right? Let's just be real. If we all just stayed home and nobody worked, what there would be there would be that's no such thing like you have to get up and do something with yourself besides you know twiddling the thumbs or watching netflix all day now i mean granted 2020 no permission (laughs) granted to like watch as much netflix as you need to however you know like we you know as we are getting back to quote normal life right you know there are things that we do and so in your character's world when you're thinking about that macro that overview perspective it's very big it's very expansive you know are there different worlds you know does time move differently in different places are there different dimensions are there portals what does transportation look like all of that then when you're thinking about micro you're building out from the character right and so you're thinking okay this character that I have, what's their worldview? <laughs> you know, like, what do they see when they wake up every day? How were they raised? What streets are they walking on? What are they surrounded by? You know, because a lot of the times we are shaped by our environments. We are products of our environments. Literally, like someone doesn't know that there can be change until they move and go somewhere else. And they realize, pause, 
this existed this whole time what right like you know and so, and so that's how from that micro perspective of okay who raised this character what's around them what are they teaching at the dinner table is there a dinner table and if there isn't why isn't there you know you know what happened and so that from that very internal part of the character that you're dealing with you know how their prejudices and their thought processes and how they were conditioned growing up you know that's how they move about into the world and so you can build out that world from there you know where are they going every day are they going to work are they going to an institute do they have a, tr- uh, a coach a trainer some type of mentor you know are they you know because at the end of the day starting off a book and like automatically sending them off on the quest that makes no sense because it's like wait no like we, it's like what no like we don't know their normal world we don't know what every day is like for them we need to understand that and also when you're approaching the micro perspective think about the five senses right what are they hearing uh-huh. What are they seeing? What are they touching? What are they tasting? What are they smelling? Right? Like go through all of these emotions, right? And all of these different feelings. It's like, okay, this is what life is for me. This is what I feel. This is what I know. This is what I believe to be true. And so then you can go about describing what is around this character. What are they engaging with every day with whether it's people or whether it's experiences and then building out from there. Okay. Well, if they're this like desert individual, cool. I'm going to send them off in a quest where they're going to go to a world that's like a tundra and they're going to hate it and they're going to be miserable and they're going to grow from it. Right. Like, you know, and that's, that's like really like, that's extra but (laughs) you know I mean like that's how you can build right you can either start from that overview where it's very external right how the character is engaging with the world around them you know is it a sad like if you think about um the throne of glass series now I need to like say all of this without dropping spoilers even though it's been out for a very long time but (laughs) for the throne of glass series right Selena Sardothian as she starts out anyway um She's like her normal world. She's an assassin, right? This girl wakes up at the crack of dawn, probably before that, to go perch on someone's house and watch them every day, waiting for the perfect moment to kill them. That sounds really scary for a 16-year-old, which is what she was. But (laughs) that was her reality, right? And you experience the world through that, those external factors. She has, you know, the the leader of the assassins, but then there's also like the king of Otterlin. And, you know, the king is very cruel and the people move you know, with that kind of fear of if I move out of terms, the king will kill me. Then on the inside, it's like, okay, how does she feel about this? She's angry, but she doesn't want to be angry. She's hiding secrets. Why is she hiding, right? So very much macro versus micro. And depending on who you are, um, plotters, I will say, will definitely tackle it from a macro perspective because it's like, I want to know all these things. (laughs) What are you eating? What are you wearing? Where are you going? (laughs) What are you doing? I'm that person, which is why like I took years to build out Eladel like and breaking down you know for me thinking about the macro perspective and looking at Eladel right I have angels there's four rankings give or take (laughs) four four main rankings of angels right and so if you're at the top you're a seraphim you have more wings you have more hearts like seven yes seven five wings you know you're you have elemental magic you can actually take on the elements as your skin you like you shed your skin you become the power itself that kind of thing if you go to cherubims they have less wings less hearts they have artistic 
magic and they can wield that very creatively drop down another rank you have the archons right or your archangels right they can only wield magic they don't have any power but they can wield magic it's in a totem it's it's in some type of thing that they keep on them and they can use it at all times less wings less hearts you know lesser strength if you will and then you have the bottom of the food chain the anglins they have no types of of magical ability whatsoever now compared to a human they would have ridiculous amount of strength but in the world of angels they're literally like little peasants right and so for me on a macro level that's me like okay these levels of different ranks, what can they do? What can they not do? What, you know, where do they live? How does life look for them? You know, and this supernatural character that still has very real human limitations. But if I'm building from a micro perspective, I'm thinking of these characters. Where do they live? What are they being taught? How are they being fed? So that was a very long answer, but um, that's how I really break down world building you know if you're a panther you're gonna go from that micro perspective because panthers love to just get in the head of the characters and just go right whereas with plotters we're like <laughs> pause <laughs> we need to know everything first and then we'll dive in <laughs> so. yep i totally understand and what you also were talking about and a little bit that we had talked about before we actually started recording was the the development of having a strong villain that, you know, that when you have a strong villain, the villain is actually, it doesn't mean that you got to like them. In fact, you want that visceral reaction of, oh my gosh, this character is a jerk. But in the same breath, the stronger the villain, the more you feel the momentum moving into the book, you feel that you feel a lot of tension and conflict happening for the protagonist. And it's, provides them opportunities to grow. Yeah. You know, however you want to look at that, it could be tormenting them, but it also could be, you know, in the positive way, an opportunity for them to grow. And so I'm curious if you have, uh, if you agree with that, of the idea of the strength behind the, the, the villain, for instance. No, absolutely. I do. Um, so it's scary to say this because it's like as humans we don't want to affiliate with anything that can remotely seem evil right Mm -hmm. because the the majority of us we really do try to be good Mm -hmm. however the best villains are the ones that you can find a part of yourself in the best villains are actually very gray characters there's nothing different from the villain versus the hero the only difference is that the hero makes decisions that better them and better those around them and the villain does not they want the same things it's just the decisions that they make and the actions that they take and where that leads them right and so if you look at thanos i love using thanos as an example y'all if you haven't watched avengers i apologize um you know he's a good villain though but he's an amazing villain why you hate thanos but at the same time you understand him you understand him let's just be real thanos's entire logic is the universe is overpopulated we do not have enough resources for all of y'all's mouths to be fed like we, we just don't there's too many of you so since no one has the gonzos to make this decision i'm going to do it for you and here it is half of you shall die. <laughs> you know what I mean? And on the outset, you're like, how, 
oh, how dare you? You know, self-righteousness. Oh my God. But then if you think about it, you're like, well, I mean, low key, high key, he's right. Like there's not enough resources. If half of you die, then the rest of you can survive and you can multiply and there can be generations that live after you. If all of you live, eventually we shall all die because there's not enough resources. Now, obviously that, I mean, it's just, it's incredibly cruel, right? Because Mm -hmm. you are killing off children and brothers, sisters, daughters, you know, best friends, people who had legacies, they died (laughs) all at the same time because one man called himself Messiah, right? But it makes sense. (laughs) It's terrible, but it makes sense. And that's the heart of a really good villain it's oh well that yeah yeah because good villains listen if you have someone who's evil just for the sake of like i just want to blow stuff up i don't want to kill people it's like okay that's that's cute why i don't care that you want to kill people that would be kill your darling that would be get rid of that character (laughs) right like a good villain you have to be able to connect with that character in some way like there's something about them even if it's a tiny little part of you, that part of you still says, I understand that. That makes sense. I agree. I'm like Loki disturbed with myself that I agree. However, I agree. (laughs) Yeah. And and it also is something that even if you can say, I understand where they're coming from, I don't have to even agree in the context of saying that's the same decision I would make. But yeah. I can still understand their next action because you still understand the, the premise behind this space. So, but the main character or the protagonist might have gone in one direction. That might be the direction you, you would choose, but your villain's choosing this other one. And it's like, okay, I understand. <laughs> really? We have to do that? But yeah, I, I, I love how you explained that. I love how you explained that. This has been such a fun conversation, Stephanie. You are so fantastic. And if anyone is just listening to the to the podcast itself, the audio, please come watch our YouTube because this has been such a fun, lively conversation. You've got to get the full effect of our joy here because we're having so much fun. But Stephanie, where can people connect with you? Where can they connect with you and where can they find your books? Yes. So with me, I, everything can be found at stephaniebwaba.com from how to connect with me on social media, which y'all, I live on the gram. I mean, I'm on Twitter, barely on Facebook, but (laughs) I am on the gram. Uh, But anything as far as like how to work with me or, you know, how to connect with me or learn, you know, just to be able to write better fantasy, you know, write more immersive fantasy stephaniebwaba.com but to read my books you can actually go directly to elladel.com like that website is dedicated solely to the books to the characters bit by bit I'm growing it out I'll be putting more like character art on there so you can really you know get connected to these individuals that are making up this world oh I love it thank you so so much Stephanie it has been a pure joy having you on the show thank you for having me on Thanks for listening today. I'm so glad you were here and know there were some valuable nuggets shared to keep going, keep writing, and keep sharing your work. I'm a big believer that if you have a book that's in your heart to write, then there's someone else out there who needs to read it. Your story needs to be shared, so you have to write it and get it out into the world. Until next time, 
keep swimming upstream while going with the flow and get your book into the world. To learn more about Tough Fish and jump into the pond, visit jennifermilius.com forward slash tough fish.